Well, hey, today we're going to start off in a brand new series. We're going to have some fun with this series. We're calling it Life Hacks. And I want you to think about what a life hack is, right? A life hack is some sort of simple, clever tip, a technique of some sort for accomplishing a task more easily, more efficiently, right? How many of us know that everyone wants a shortcut in life, right? You want the shortest path, right? To, 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 the, to, to the longest distances in life. We want the shortest path to peace. We want the shortest path to happiness. We want the shortest path to fulfillment. We want the shortest path to success. We want the shortest path to marriage. But friends, the truth is this, that we need a life hack. And the life hack that we need is not the shortcuts that we come up with. What we need is the wisdom of God. Now, let me just tell on myself, I am not the greatest when it comes to any sort of life hack, any sort of shortcut. I remember years ago, uh, this is when the kids were really young. We were living in the Bronx, and my wife says to me one day, Josh needs a new bed. And so I said, all right. I, put my, I put, opened my shirt, had my ass on my chest, right? And I said, I'm going to go get my son a brand new bed. And so I went to Fordham Road to a furniture store which wasn't really a furniture store because you can see any of the furniture. Everything was in boxes, right? So they looked nice on the box, right? And I went and I bought him a whole bedroom set. I felt really proud. You got to understand, times were hard on the boulevard back in those days, right? Things were a little bit tight. So I thought I was doing, you know, a great thing. And I, I was trying my best, right? I really was. And so we buy this, uh, this, this bedroom set. And I tell my wife, nobody touch it. I'm putting this together myself, right? And so... I look at it, it looks really nice, I go, oh, this looks easy enough, and I pull everything out, and then I say to myself, ah, man, yeah, this is, this is going to be interesting, so I pull out the instructions, I quickly glance at them, and then I chuck them, right, because who needs instructions, right, and I begin to put this furniture set together, well, listen, I got it together, it looked really good, had a bunch of extra pieces, right, and listen, it held up. It really did, but it broke my heart. A couple of years later, we were moving from there. We were moving upstate, and uh, we're packing everything. And I remember when we went to pack my son's bed, it, I, I literally took the mattress off, and it just collapsed. It was like a completely dangerous thing, right? Like, guys, I, I strongly encourage you, don't do this, right? How many of you know that that was really dumb on my part, right? Say this with me. That was dumb. Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. It was really dumb. There was no wisdom in building it this way. But friends, some of us are building our lives this way. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. And look, there's no judgment, no condemnation with that. But here's what I mean. Some of us are building our lives without the wisdom of God. And if God is the one who gave you life, if God is the one who gave you breath, if God is the one who the word says, and he is, if God is the one who has destined you for good works, has created you for good works, has prepared good works for you, is what the scripture says, then friends, we would be wise, truly wise, to lean upon God's wisdom, to look to his ways, right? For some of us, we're going at it daily without the wisdom of God. And our lives are barely holding up. We're living dangerously. And we think we have it all together. But friends, this isn't the will of God for you and I. It's not. Friends, he's given us an entire book. It's called the Bible. 
And some of us look at the Bible as a story. Some of us look at the Bible as something that sits on our dresser. Some of us look to the Bible. Some of us read the Bible as, you know, some, some, good, you know, some, some good nuggets, some, some principles for life. But friends, the scripture tells us that it is the word of God. It is the instruction manual that we have for life. And I would encourage you with this, if you haven't tried it, Try doing what the Bible instructs you and watch the results you'll get. I guarantee you, you will not fail. It's the shortest path to the greatest life that God intended for you with him. Amen? Come on and give God some praise if you believe that. And so today, we're going to be starting off on this series, and I'm going to tell you, you know, straight up, we're going to be digging into the book of Proverbs and we're going to be pulling from different um, aspects of the book of Proverbs on the wisdom of God. We're going to be learning how the word of God instructs us, what God's wisdom tells us about proceeding in life in a manner that leads us to his results, the best results. And so today I want to talk to you from the heart of God on the topic of the difference between wisdom and wisdom. Yeah, there's wisdom, and then there's wisdom, right? There's the wisdom of God, right? And as we'll see throughout the scriptures as we're studying this, we'll see that the wisdom of God provides us knowledge, it provides us understanding, and it provides us application. It tells us how to do this, right? But then there's man's wisdom. And man's wisdom, look, no, no offense, please don't take it the wrong way, but man's wisdom is not that wise at all. It's actually pretty dumb. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I'm not calling anybody dumb. But what I mean by it is when we choose to do life our way, without the instruction and the wisdom of God, how wise is that actually? Right? That's like driving without ever taking lessons. I've been there. I'll tell you that story another time. Right? It led to quite a crash. Right? How many of us know that we need instruction just for everyday life, right? We need instruction. And more so, we need the instruction that God provides us. And so there is no wisdom in setting aside the principles, the truth, the kingdom principles that the scriptures reveal to us, right? It's like proceeding in life without a plan. And while we think we have a shortcut, the truth is that it always leads to harder results. Always leads to harder results. And so the scriptures provide us a good example of what life can look like if we choose the wisdom of God. We're going to look at an example from the life of the Lord Jesus. And we're going to start at the very beginning where he, the spirit compelled him. He was compelled in the spirit to go into a desert place. It's right before he starts his earthly ministry, before everyone knows that the Savior of the world has come, that the kingdom of God is now at hand. And so he goes into the desert for 40 days, and the scripture explicitly tells us that he was fasting, right? So he was dealing with, fasting is not a religious thing that we do to get anything from God. Fasting is simply a process of uh, putting, uh, disciplining this body, these desires, these cravings, so that we can devote ourselves more so to the attention of God and worship and his wisdom, right? And so Jesus was fasting for 40 days. And at day 40, Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 tells us that the tempter came to him. That's the devil. That's Satan. 
And Satan comes to him and he says to him, if you are the son of God, watch, watch how messed up this is. He says, tell these stones to become bread. Tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he says to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Throw yourself down. For it's written, don't, don't, don't fool yourself. The devil knows the Bible too. Oh, he'll quote scripture at you, right? Some of us make mistakes thinking we're hearing from God and we're actually leaning in to the enemy. Let me tell you why I say that, because the scripture will never lead you to act independent of God. This is what he was trying to do here. So he says, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answers him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says to him, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The scripture goes on to say that then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. So why are we digging into this as we begin here? Because what we see here is that Jesus overcame every temptation and every area that you and I are subject to fall, to fall in through wisdom. We don't have time to look at it. We're not going to look at it, but check it out on your own time. If you're taking notes, you might want to jot this down for yourself. Uh, 1 John chapter 2.16 tells us that, um, that, that everything in the world that does not come from God, from the Father, functions by, three, by one of three things. It talks about the lust of the flesh, which is carnal desires. It's a carnal mind. It's a mind that wants nothing to do with God. It factors no wisdom from God into the equation. It operates completely independent of God. We are strictly led by our desires. That's the lust of the flesh. It tells us that there's also the lust of the eyes, and that's selfish desires for what appeals to the eye. It looks no further than the surface. It doesn't look to the deeper things. It wants nothing to do with God. We're driven by what we see. Got to have it, want it, got to get it, right? And then it talks about the pride of life. And this pride of life is the desire to satisfy ourselves without a trust in God. It's not depending on God at all. And what we see herein is that Jesus was tempted in every one of these areas. And he overcame them all by wisdom. How do we know that? Because he was able to discern the situation. And he was able to rationalize what was before him through God's wisdom. And as such, he resisted Satan through God's wisdom. Now you might say, well that's Jesus. Friend, you and I can do the same. If we would simply apply the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen? And so for the next couple of moments that I have, I want to talk to you about 
how to rely on God's wisdom. And we're going to primarily be looking at Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll look at a couple of other verses herein. But we're going to start with two portions of, in Proverbs. The first one we're going to look at is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Before we go there, I want to give you a point that's very, very important to these scriptures here. I want to encourage you to consider this, but not only consider it, but to actually apply the wisdom that we're going to dig into in this, in this regard. Wisdom begins where we end. Let me say that again. Wisdom begins where we end. Now, we're going to dig into that. Starting at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says that the fear of the Lord, that's not terror, that's not fright, that's not being afraid of God, that's not cowering, right? Your knees shaking that God's going to strike you. No, this is talking about reverence. This is talking about worship. This is talking about exalting God, esteeming Him. And so it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But watch this. It defines what knowledge is here. It says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen to what God tells us. It is foolish to rely on your own wisdom. It is foolish to, to, to believe, I got this, without God. It is foolish to tell ourselves, oh, I love Jesus, but live like we don't. It's foolish. It's foolish to disregard the knowledge of God. Proverbs 9, 10 complements this scripture, and it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is what? It's understanding. It's understanding. I want you to notice that the beginning of wisdom in our lives begins with a deep reverence and worship, an exaltation, a devotion, a leaning upon God. Amen. Now it's interesting to note that the term for knowledge in these verses does not refer to knowing and understanding things. It's actually a little bit more personal. In the Hebrew, the word there denotes it's knowing me. And so watch what God is actually saying here. The beginning of wisdom of truly living wisely is in knowing me. In knowing who I am in your life. In knowing the value that I bring to your life. In knowing my ways. In knowing my will for your life. In knowing how much I love you. In knowing my care for you. In knowing me. And so if we're to live by God's wisdom, friends, we must come to the end of our own wisdom. We have to come to the point where we recognize, I'm not as smart as I think I am. You know what the scripture says? It says that the wisdom of God is foolishness to this world. This world, people that live apart from God, people that disregard the kingdom of God, people that want nothing to do with God, that's the way of this world. That the wisdom of God is foolishness. And as such... They live as fools. That's not a knock on anyone. I, but, but we have to come to the end. We have to come to the point where we actually accept and we identify and we get rid of our excuses as to why we are not trusting in the wisdom of God. We've got to come to the end of ourselves. There was a study many years ago that were done. I think I've shared this here at some point. There was a study many years ago done with rats. How many of you know they use rats for everything? 
Rats are always the culprit when it comes to these science experiments. And so they used rats, and they, and they put these rats in some sort of obstacle course, right? And these rats ran rampant, and they did whatever they could, and they, they figured out how to get all around, and, but they would never climb the walls. They always just kind of ran their, their path. And so what they started to do was they started to put barriers in front of them. And what they found was that these rats would never attempt to cross the boundary, right? Instead, what they would do is they would just operate within the space that they had left. Well, eventually, it got to the point where these rats had nowhere to go. And what they were testing was the resilience of these rats. When will you finally act, right? And here's what they, what they ended up figuring out. Eventually, these rats had nowhere else to go, and they were boxed in. And it was then and only then that these rats began to climb over the barriers. Friends, why am I sharing this with you? Because for some of us, we're living life running a rat race. We're running the rat race in life. We're doing what we want to do. But we never cross over the boundary where our wisdom is into the realm where God's wisdom is. And what I'm saying to you is that you and I have to identify and eliminate the excuses. We have to get over ourselves and say, you know what, I'm going to go where God has called me to. I'm going to do what his word tells me. I'm going to trust in the wisdom of God because I know that God loves me and God has better plans for my life than the ones that I could drum up on my own. You believe that? Come on and give God some praise. Go and tell three people, trust God. Yeah, tell somebody else, trust God. Yeah, that's right. You know, history, never mind the Bible, history records the life of a man named Solomon. And one thing that history attests to is that Solomon was not only a very wealthy man, he was the wealthiest man in history in his time. But Solomon was also a man who was very wise. Nations came to him. Queens and kings bowed at his feet just to listen to the wisdom that flowed from this man's mouth. The wisdom that was upon his life. But that wisdom had a beginning. It's a beginning that's worth evaluating for ourselves. First Kings chapter 3, uh, we're going to look at it in a second, records where Solomon has now become king. And in becoming king, Solomon has inherited a nation of millions of people. And watch what Solomon realizes very quick. It says, starting at verse 5, that at Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said to him, ask whatever you want me to give you. Ask whatever you want. This will test your wisdom. Whatever you just answered, think about that. Is it truly wise? Right? And so Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. And you have continued this greatness, this great kindness to him and have given him a son, meaning himself, to sit on his throne this very day. And now, Lord God, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Watch this, but I am only a little child. And I do not know how to carry out my duties. Let's stop right there for a moment. It wasn't that Solomon was a kid. It was that Solomon lacked wisdom. And Solomon goes before the Lord and he says, Man, I'm, I'm like a little child in this regard. 
I don't know how to carry this out. I don't know how to do this. Verse 7 goes on to say, Your servant is here, I'm sorry, not, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. And so give your servant, watch this, a discerning heart. He's asking for wisdom. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Friends, let me ask you a question. If you had a blank check the way he had one, what would you ask God for? Now, here's a reality that many of us overlook. We all have that same blank check. Let me tell you why. Because the book of James tells us clearly that if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God and he freely gives it to us. Solomon could have asked for anything. He could have asked for the removal of his enemies. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for the wisest counsel. And Solomon asked for the greatest thing that man could ask of God. God, I want your wisdom. I want your wisdom. Friends, it's better to rely upon God. See, this was more than a prayer request from Solomon. He understood that everything that made him a rightful king, his lineage, his throne, his position, and the power that came with that title, he understood that all of that was useless without wisdom from God. Without wisdom from God. See, he came to his end. But he found the beginning of his reign and the rest of his life through the wisdom of God. Amen. Can I just say this to, to, to each and every one of us here today? Whether you're here or you're online, we need the wisdom of God. Now, here's a good question to ask ourselves. What wisdom am I relying on? I mean, are you truly looking to the wisdom of God? Because friends, if we're not, Look, I love you, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. It is dumb. It is dumb to live that way. There's no possibility for true success, for a true uh, life that is full of everything that you were intended and created for. God wants you to operate, to live according to his wisdom. And if we're going to do that, that leads me to my second point, which is wisdom comes in the form of instruction. Let me say that again. Wisdom comes in the form of instruction. If you're taking notes, if you're using the app, I strongly encourage you, write this down. We're going to dig into this. It says, uh, it, 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 I want you to consider that uh, we all uh, have a tendency at times to operate outside of wisdom under the God, or operate in wisdom. We think we're operating in wisdom according to our feelings. Right? Have you, ever, have you ever been told, just trust your gut? Right? How's that working for you? Right? Have you ever felt like something was the truth and then later on you figured out it wasn't? Right? I mean, you swore up and down. You just knew, I know that 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 I know I know I know I know. This is wisdom. How about this one? I just know God spoke to me. God's speaking to me. 
And it's all based on feeling. It's all based on emotion. It's all based on our personal desires. Right? It's based on what we want. It's based on the choices we want to make. It's based on the results we hope to get. But it disregards the wisdom of God. Friends, listen, wisdom does not come in the form of feelings. Let me show you that. Proverbs chapter 1, referring to the Proverbs and the wisdom that they provide us, the wisdom of God, starting at verse 3 in Proverbs chapter 1, it says that this wisdom is for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair. Verse 4 goes on to say, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. This isn't referring to age. This is referring to anyone who's lacking wisdom. And what we see is that wisdom comes by way of instruction. And this instruction teaches us how to rightly apply ourselves in life. It comes by way of instruction. So friends, before you jump on that bandwagon and you say, God said, check. Check. Here's a good way to know if God is speaking to you. Does it actually line up with the scriptures? We're going to look at that in a second. Does it actually align with the scriptures? Does, is it certified by the scriptures? Is it revealed in the scriptures as the way God relates to us? What God would call us to do? Is it wisdom according to the scriptures? Because if it is not, my friend, it is dumb. It's dumb. It will not work. So if you want to make if you want to know if you're making a wise decision, doesn't it make sense that we should look to the instruction manual that God has given us? See, the scripture tells us that God's wisdom comes, right? It comes as we receive it, right? As we receive this instruction, right? And so we have to recognize that if Wisdom is what we want, right? And it comes by way of instruction. Friends, what we're really saying is, I want God's word. Let me take that a step further. I want God through the revelation of his word. I want your way. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 tells us something about the word of God. Starting at verse 16, it says, all scripture. How much scripture? All. all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And watch this. It's profitable. In other words, when we use the word of God, it is a wise investment into our lives. You can bank on that return on investment. Yeah. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable. Watch this. For doctrine. Doctrine simply refers to teaching. It teaches us, right? It's, it's, it's also useful, it's profitable for reproof. The word reproof there speaks of convincing us of the truth, right? It convinces us, right? And then it tells us that it is good for correction. How many of you know that 
It's a good thing when you're going the wrong way and you figure out, oh, wait, there is a right way. I was going the wrong way all, all along. So the scripture corrects us, right? But then it also tells us that it gives us instruction for righteousness. And what does that mean? It tells us how to do this right, the right way. To do it the right way according to the way that God prescribed for us to succeed and advance and do life with him. Right? So it's useful for us. But watch verse 17. Here's why it's useful. That the man of God, or woman, it's not referring to a male, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want you to see that the Holy Scriptures are not intended to harm us. Now sometimes the truth in them will hurt. Sometimes the truth revealed in them will challenge us. It will go against what we want. It'll go against culture. It'll go against what's normal and acceptable to everyone else. It'll go against what your family tells you. It'll go against what you got going on. But understand this. That truth is profitable. Because that wisdom will complete you. It will complete you thoroughly, the scripture says, for every good work. Do you see the value in the instruction of God? See, when the Holy Spirit leads us, oh, you may feel something. Yeah, you may feel something. But you see, feelings are indicators. Feelings are indicators. They, they indicate something's going on. But you have to understand that the Holy Spirit only speaks one language. The Word of God. The Word of God. And so, wisdom comes by way of instruction from the Word. See, that's where wisdom is revealed. Through His Word. And that requires a next step. I alluded to this, but I want to dig into this a little bit more. James chapter 1, starting at verse 5, says, If any of you lacks what? Wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who does what? He gives generously. 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 God is not withholding anything from you. God is not keeping things secret from you. God is not dangling a carrot in front of you. He's given it to us. It's in his word. And so he gives it generously to all without finding fault. You know what the scripture's saying there? Regardless of your mistakes, God's not saying, well, you've made too many mistakes, so I'm not going to give you wisdom. Come on. No. He gives it to us all. And it says that when we go to God, if we lack wisdom and we ask God, it says that it will be given to us. But watch this. Verse 6 goes on to say, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. You must believe and not doubt. Amen. This is God's word. This is the truth of God. And I will believe it and I will not doubt. I will not waver from it. Because the one who doubts, watch this, is like the wave of the sea. And that wave of the sea is tossed. It's blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7 is powerful and is a sobering moment for each and every one of us. Watch what the scripture says. It says that person should expect to receive should expect should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So what is the scripture telling us? 
Man, if you turn to God for wisdom and then you come up with your own plan in place of God's wisdom, don't expect anything from God. Don't expect anything from God. I'm going to say that again. Don't expect anything from God. It's not that God is withholding something from you. It's that his hands are tied. Because we've chosen our wisdom over his wisdom. Friends, be wise. Let's be wise people. Wise people. You know, you know what I've learned? I'm, 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 I'm kind of dumb when it comes to a lot of things in terms of instructions. I really am. I'm a little hard-headed, right? I'm a li- I, have a li- I suffer from a little tunnel vision at times, right? I lock on to something, and I'll exclude uh, details along the way. But let me tell you a couple of things that I've learned. One thing that I've learned over the years, that it's better to trust the one who made it. And God is the one who gave us this life, who created us for good works, who made you a man, who made you a woman, who made you a husband, who made you a father, a mother, a wife, a friend, a resource in this world. We should trust the one who made us, right? See, if we do not accept the word of God, and believe it as the instruction from God for our lives, we cannot expect nor believe. Let's be honest. We cannot come to the place of belief where we say, I'm operating wisely because we're not. Which leads me to a final point that I want to leave you with here today. And this point is that if we pursue wisdom for answers, we will miss its purpose. Let me say that again. You may want to write this one down. You're going to have to go back and dig into this. If we pursue wisdom for answers, we will miss its purpose. See, the function of wisdom is that it gives us knowledge and understanding. And it gives us God's knowledge and God's understanding so that we can apply God's purposes to our lives. Right? That's the function of wisdom. That's, that, that's, that's the purpose of wisdom. But its purpose according, that, that's part of its purpose in wisdom. But according to Proverbs 1, wisdom is for progression of growth. Let me show you that in scripture. Proverbs chapter 1 Verses 5 and 6 says, let the wise do what? Listen. Listen. And watch this. And, and do what? Add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. I want you to consider what the scripture is revealing to you and I, friend. The scripture is telling us that we may start at the receipt of wisdom. But once you've received wisdom, now you have to progress to understanding. And once you progress to understanding, now you have to apply that understanding in discerning circumstances, in discerning what's going on around you, in discerning how to approach things going forward. See, it is a progression. It is a progression. And oftentimes when we're seeking wisdom from God, we're really just seeking an answer. 
We just want an answer to this problem. But friend, you can't seek the wisdom of God for an answer and truly connect with God who is wise. You know what we're doing in that regard when we do that? We're attempting to use God. We're using the wisdom of God as a prescription for this ailment in my life. And God says, no, I don't want you to just come to me for an answer for this. I want you to seek me so that you can be wise. That you can be wise. Wise in all your ways. James chapter 3. Verses 13, verse 13 certifies this for us. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Notice the question. The question tells us that we're about to find out who's wise. Who is wise and understanding among you? Watch this. Let them show it by their what? Good life. Good life. Good life. Watch this, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Let's leave that scripture up for a moment. I want you to consider that the evidence of wisdom is not specific to a single moment. According to the word of God, the evidence of wisdom is evidenced in a good life. It's the entirety of our lives, friends. It's the entirety of our lives. Friends, God doesn't just want to give you wisdom for today. God doesn't just want to give you wisdom for your marriage. God doesn't want to just give you wisdom for your finances. God doesn't just want to give you wisdom for your marriage, for your home, for your business, for your relationships. God wants to give you wisdom for life because when we build upon the wisdom of God, friends, your life will not only stand, it will endure. tell you something about myself I have done some of the dumbest things in my life one of the dumbest things I ever did in my life I was a teenager I was going to church and you know I'll be honest I didn't understand all this Jesus stuff back then I heard about Jesus loving me, but every single Friday, every single Wednesday, every single Monday, every single Sunday, I had to go to the altar because I was told how bad I was. I was told that I was going to hell again and again and again. I was going to hell for going to the movies. I was going to hell for listening to rap music. I was going to hell for wearing shell toe sneakers. I was going to hell for what, anything and everything. I was going to hell. And so I got to a point where I got sick and tired of being told I was going to hell, and I just said, I'm just going to burn along the way. There was a seed within me. I believed in Jesus. But I got so frustrated with what I was going through that I walked away from church. I walked away from the only avenue of instruction that I had in those days. See, I didn't, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't read the Bible. I just went to church. And there was some wacky stuff they were teaching, too. I'm not going to lie. Some crazy stuff, right, that made no sense and is not true. 
But there were nuggets there. And what I did was I said, I'm going to do this my way. Friends, for the next 12, 13 years of my life, I was living in hell and I didn't even know it. See, that's what wisdom does. It convinces you, you can do this. It convinces you, this is part of life. This is how it is. Yeah. And friends, I'm here to tell you today, no, it's not. No, it's not. You can experience an entirely new life and a new way according to the wisdom of God. Let's stand here today. You know, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in John chapter 6 where he said, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Here's what he was saying. This is, this is what you truly need deep within you. This is the source of true life. And today, friends, I share that with us. I remi I'm reminded of that because oftentimes we hear about God. But we're not listening to God. And I believe that in the hearing of God's word, there is a moment that each and every one of us can share every single time with God. We can come to, to know him personally. And I know this to be true, that today, right here in this moment, whether here or online or you're catching this afterwards on a rebroadcast or you go to YouTube, I know this. That here in this moment, we've encountered God. Because we have all had that moment of revelation when we recognize there's wisdom and then there's wisdom. We all can identify where we've done this our way. And the reason why we can is because the results speak to the truth. And friend, today if you find yourself needing the wisdom of God, I want you to consider what the book of James taught us when we just read it. It says that God gives it to us freely. He's not holding any in his ways and he loves you. And if you find yourself needing the wisdom of God today, why don't you just turn back to God? But it has to begin with recognizing where you're at. It has to start at the place where you come to an end. I've done this my way and I can't do it anymore. I need your wisdom, Lord. I need your help. I need you, God. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe, maybe this is all new to you. Friends, we've all made mistakes. But God gives us the perfect life hack for life. He says, I've got a way that simplifies life, that helps you discover a new life, that empowers you, that heals you, that equips you, that supplies for you, that gives you vision for tomorrow and takes you beyond your temporary circumstances today. It's called wisdom. If you find yourself needing that today, would you turn to God? In this very moment, would you say, God, I need your wisdom. I've done this my way and it doesn't work. But today's the day where that can all change.
Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.